We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Wow, yesterday when we got done with the podcast, uh, there was breaking news with Kevin Durant wanting a trade with USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten. Uh, We didn't cover any of it because the show had been published. We've gotten burned a couple of times by that this week. Terry McLaurin's contract extension earlier in the week coming literally moments after we had published uh, the podcast, but plenty on the big breaking news stories of the day. Yesterday, uh, much of it with Mike Wilbon, who will be on the show uh, with me. Uh, We'll talk about Kevin Durant wanting out, get his thoughts, where he'll end up, um, the Wizards situation, uh, and Mike will, of course, want to weigh in on the Big Ten expansion with USC and UCLA. Crazy um, the way college sports is headed. That was the stunner for me more than anything else. Not that Durant asking for a trade wasn't a bit of a surprise, but there's really nothing in the NBA that surprises anymore. Um, But UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten, even the people that are in the know seemed shocked Uh, by that news. Where will college sports be three, four, five years from now? What will happen to the NCAA tournament if the SEC and the Big Ten end up being two mega conferences with 20 to 25 teams in it and they break off from the NCAA? I mean, the prized jewel of college sports, the NCAA tournament, March Madness. Um, What's going to, what will happen with that? I have to say that As much as I hated it when Maryland went to the Big Ten, as much as I still don't love being in the Big Ten, although I've gotten used to it and I've adapted, and you know, certainly a couple of years ago when Maryland had all of those big games during the 2020 season, the pandemic season, which prevented them from uh, playing in the NCAA tournament, um, there were some cool matchups. And I've been getting used to the Big Ten a little bit more as it relates to basketball. Uh, But... Um, you know, Maryland, when they moved, I don't think then-Chancellor Wallace Lowe was prescient enough to predict that, you know, eight years later he would look like a genius or look like the smart guy. 
Um, I think it was all about a money crunch that the athletic department was in when Debbie Yao overspent because of Ralph Friedgen's success with the football program from 2001 through 2010. Um, and they, you know, they refurbished the stadium and they took on a lot of debt. And the Big Ten came call came calling because the DC market, the Baltimore market, were two massive markets for the Big Ten network. Um, and Maryland took the money. Uh, and now, you know, I I had John Orand on the show earlier uh, today on the radio show, and John said. You know, Maryland's sitting back watching everybody else play musical cha- musical chairs without a worry in the world, and there's a lot of truth to that. Now, I think Maryland would have been a desirable target had they stayed in the ACC over the last few years and now um, because of the market size, you know, and they draw from two uh, big markets, certainly D.C. being the biggest, but the combined Baltimore-D.C. market is a Maryland fan-based market and is big for any of these leagues um, and so I think they would have always been a desirable target. But it is weird, man. UCLA, USC, this is the all-time, you know, kind of out-of-place conference reshuffle. You know, there have been some, you know, when, you know, West Virginia went to the Big 12, that seemed weird. Maryland and Rutgers going to the Big 10 seemed really weird. Um, but for the most part, you know, in the ACC moves, which really started a lot of this when, you know, early on Miami, Virginia Tech, and BCC bolted the Big East to join the ACC. That was in many ways the beginning of all of this. Um, but the uh, nothing seems as disjointed or out of place than two beautiful West Coast Pac-12 football powers, UCLA basketball power obviously as well, and what that always represented to longtime fans like me and traditionalists for the most part. You know, late November, it's cold, it's dark, it's damp, and you turn on the television and the Coliseum lights up or the Rose Bowl lights up with the plush beautiful green grass and the beautiful crisp uniforms and everybody bathing in sunshine as SC and UCLA play each other or play another Pac-12 West Coast team. And now you're going to end up with it's early November and SC's ranked fifth in the nation and they got a big game. They got to win it to stay in the hunt at Minnesota or at Illinois or at Maryland. (laughs) Um. Anyway, uh, it really seems off to me. I think the next moves are going to be really interesting. Um, You know, the Big Ten is eyeballing another West Coast team or two, perhaps Oregon, Washington. And then I think they've got their eyes on Notre Dame and the ACC. And I've been reading a lot since yesterday. North Carolina is a possibility. Duke is a possibility. Virginia is a possibility. That would be the one part of this that for me and for Maryland people might be a bit of of kind of a uh, a nice uh, you know consolation prize to the eight years of in the Big Ten by ourselves is having some of our old uh, rivals and and friends from the ACC join us and especially if they made an emphasis or emphasized sort of crossover rivals the teams you played every year twice in basketball once in football. 
and it was the old ACC schools that joined the Big Ten. I think that there will be ACC schools coming. Everybody seems to think North Carolina is a really, you know, there's a really good chance the Big Ten's going to go hard after North Carolina. They went ha- hard after North Carolina when they went after Rutgers. You know, after they had Maryland in the fold, they wanted North Carolina or Virginia before they went to Rutgers. Uh, but um, Carolina and Virginia decided to stay. And we'll see what happens. Um, But a crazy day in college sports and the landscape of college sports, it's just all going to change um, significantly over the next three, four, five years. There are long-term television contracts in place. There's a long-term deal with TNT for the NCAA tournament. I think it goes uh, for another 10 years through 2032. Um, But we'll see uh, how it all shakes out. And then there was... The Kevin Durant thing, and we're going we're gonna to get into this with Will Bond here um, shortly. I just, I'm a little bit conflicted. On one hand, and I think most of you would think this would be my immediate reaction. What are you doing? You're ruining your legacy. You're insecure. You're a bandwagon jumper. You're a quitter. All of those things that many people are accusing Kevin Durant of being. My first reaction was, and I'm going to ask Wilbon about this. My first reaction was, wow, Kyrie Irving has become the least desirable superstar to play with in recent memory in any sport. He is egomaniacal. He is off his rocker nuts. And nobody wants to be around this guy. He is toxic. And Kevin Durant, when he picked up the player option after they couldn't trade him the other day, just said, I can't do another year with this guy. That was my original reaction. You know, there is a lot of varying opinion on this. Some believing that Kevin Durant when got really upset when they didn't give Kyrie Irving the long-term contract extension. But why would they? You can't give that idiot a, a, a contract extension when he plays when he feels like playing. You'd have to build in in that contract. You'd have to put so many ways in which you wouldn't have to pay him if he decided he was going to, you know, he was going to take a week off to hang out with his kids and attend their birthday parties and miss three or four games. You'd have to have so much built in that would penalize him severely. Uh, And it's not worth it. Nobody wants to do business with Kyrie Irving anymore. LeBron didn't want him, and now I don't think KD wants him. But there's varying opinions on that. Um, So on one hand, I'm like, it's Kyrie. On the other hand, I'm like, you know, Durant's got to suck it up at some point and stay with it and and be a pro. They gave him every single thing he wanted. They gave him Kyrie Irving. They gave him Harden. They gave him, you know, a half of a coach with no experience. They gave him everything he wanted. And now he's going to bail after winning one playoff series? And then the part of it that makes me just hesitate a little bit is this. I've grown to like Kevin Durant much more over the last year and a half. Year, Yeah, year and a half. Than I did before. I used to believe that, you know, with the burner accounts and the incredible sensitivity to criticism and jumping on Golden State's team after losing a 3 1 series lead when they were on the verge of going to the NBA Finals in Oklahoma City for a second time and they blew the 3 1 series lead. And, you know, he remember in game six, he was 10 for 31 
at home when they had a 3-2 series lead and they could have put him away. Um, he was terrible in that game. And then he jumped on Golden State's team. And look, he was the best player on the team for those two championship runs. He was better than Steph Curry. I mean, the team as a whole, he wouldn't have done it without Curry or without Draymond Green or without Klay Thompson. Um, but he was the best player in the MVP twice. And and you know, and then he decided to leave Golden State and decided to do it somewhere where maybe you know, there wouldn't be a debate over who was most responsible for winning the title. But, man, he bailed on this quickly. But I also looked at him and what he did in Brooklyn. He shows up to play these games, man. They took every ounce of sweat and blood from this man's body over the last two and a half years or two years. I mean, the series that he played against Milwaukee last year, when in games five and in game seven, he didn't come out. He played 48 minutes in Game 5, 53 in that overtime Game 7, and really was just a toe on a three-point line away from winning that series pretty much single-handedly. They wore him out in the regular season this year where you know there was no Kyrie Irving, and in the playoffs he got beat up by, uh, by Boston, and they got swept. You know They got swept by a Boston team that ultimately lost 10 playoff games, and they swept Brooklyn. Uh, but those four games were close, and Durant didn't play great, but my God, they got every ounce out of him. And I just, the thing about him that I've learned, he is a badass player and a competitor, and he shows up. And I'd love to have him on my team. But at the same time, it's like, you got to man up here. You got to stick with a commitment. And if Kyrie Irving's the reason, um, I don't know. I, I, I Part of me understands that. But he asked for him, and they gave him to him. One other thing to get to before we get to Wilbon, uh, we got a lot of feedback on our, our conversation yesterday about Terry McLaurin's letter that he sent out that he tweeted out to family, friends, coworkers, fans, um, and how classy it was and how happy some of you are that Terry McLaurin's going to be with this franchise, you know, over the next four seasons. And I, I mean, I totally agree. Uh, I'm not setting this up for some sort of uh, kill shot on this at all. There's, there's no, there's no criticism. I mean, we talked about this, this was classy. This is who he is. And, um, you know, he said at one point, he said, uh, you know, thanks to the, the whole organization for believing in and trusting me to be an ambassador for this organization. He really is. I mean, he's one of them. It's, it's rare when like a wide receiver, not, you know, a coach or a quarterback or a middle linebacker who's, you know, d- d- you know, dominant kind of elite kind of a player. I mean, Terry McLaurin, John Allen are right now the ambassadors for this organization. I mean, you know, they they've been the players in a lot of these pictures and on two two twenty two and 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 they should be um, because they're really good players and they really are great representatives for an organization that hasn't had many of those over the years. But I wanted to focus on something that I didn't focus on yesterday from his letter. I'm not going to take a, a long time with this, but. He said in his opening paragraph, he said, from the day I was drafted, I've had the singular goal to win a Super Bowl with this franchise. This is on my mind every day when I walk into the building. 
While I am both humbled and ecstatic about this contract, it motivates me to work even harder. I understand and embrace the responsibility that comes with the signing of this extension. To whom much is given, much is required. This is such a mature take. And the reason I just wanted to mention something about it is because last week after the NBA draft, I made a comment that some of you um, tweeted me about, uh, some of you agreeing and some of you saying that, uh, that I was knocking the uh, accomplishment of some of the players that were drafted in the NBA draft last week. My, my, my comments were, you know, it's, it, every year I feel the same way in watching – the NBA, and even the NFL draft, that too many of these young people, and by the way, all of the people around them, view it as like the pinnacle, the culmination. They say it. This is the culmination of so much work. This is my dream come true. You know, I've been working for this for my entire life for, you know, an 18, 19, 20 year old to to be here on draft night and to be selected, you know, in the draft. And I, I, I'm not knocking the accomplishment, and and if I were somebody that were close to somebody that got drafted, super close to somebody that got drafted, I would certainly be congratulatory, and I would say this is something to be proud of. However, this is not a conclusion. This is the beginning. This is the start of something. Now that you've gotten there, and in Terry's case, now that you've gotten this big, life-altering, generational value contract, now you have to go out and prove that you were worth it. Because too many people in sports and whatever, you know, I'm not just saying in sports, they, they come to a moment where they, you know, accomplish something big. And when it's really early in their development, they view it too much as the end. Like I finally got here. You know, I've talked about this before, but, you know, I was with a company many years ago. We took the company public and the day the company went public, there was an incredible celebration and party. I mean, we partied like we had gotten there, like it was over and we were younger And the truth is, it was the beginning. We were now a public company. We were going to have to report quarterly earnings. We were going to have to be, you know, followed by analysts. And we were much more accountable. And now the job really began. Like we didn't want the stock to just go from where it was in its, you know, initial public offering down the tubes. You know, but we didn't view it that way. We were, we were younger, we were naive, and we partied. And it was, anybody that's ever been through that, you understand, it feels like this massive accomplishment. But the funny thing was, at the time, the company wasn't even profitable. And we were probably three years away, at minimum, from being profitable. And it was just this kind of fantasy land of dot-coms that were going public, and that's what I was a part of, and... And it was it was very naive, very naive. And to hear Terry McLaurin, a week after I said what I said about the players that got drafted, say, while I am humbled and ecstatic about this contract, it motivates me to work even harder. I understand and embrace the responsibility that comes with signing this extension. To, to whom much is given, much is required. I don't know. There's just an indication that this, this is a guy, a young person, 26 years old, that gets it. 
And he understands that now he's got to go out, even though he earned the right to get this extension, now it's incumbent upon him to go out and make the people that gave it to him believe that they didn't give him enough to overperform it. Because there's another one around the corner if he views this as a beginning, which it certainly appears as if he is doing. I don't know. That's all I wanted to say about that. Mike Wilbon next. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, joining us on the show right now is Mike Wilbon. Uh, and yesterday was an insane day sports-wise. Um, I, I would like to ask you when we get through the NBA stuff about what your reaction to USC and UCLA leaving the Pac-12 for now our league, uh, the Big Ten. Um, it, but we'll start with Kevin Durant. And I, I want to I just go through it because I think a lot of people have an idea of what some of these answers are, but I want to hear what your answers are. And I want to start with this. Why did he ask for a trade? What specifically is driving this? Well, a lot of hypersensitivity, ego, you know, selfishness. I mean, Kevin Durant's a great, 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 great player. And he's not the most sensitive guy and the most selfish guy, but he, he, he's, he's not so unlike the others, Kevin. We can think of uh, Kyrie Irving as having all those conditions, and he does more so even than Kevin Durant. But Durant does too. Um, and you look at this, it, it's so bizarre. It's just so strange, all the stuff that's going on with the Brooklyn Nets, and with each of those guys individually, all season, why he left in the first place, why do you leave? Kevin Durant's a smart guy. Why would you leave Steph Curry for Kyrie Irving? I mean, that just suggests bad judgment on any level. Right. And so there's so many things going on that, you know, I mean, how many deal with directly with basketball? Some. Some, some very much not, but it's just, it's so bizarre. It's almost impossible to wrap your head around. So I, my initial reaction, and I don't know if I'm right, but it was, oh my God, this Kyrie Irving has become truly 
the least desirable player to play with in recent memory in the NBA. He's an egomaniac. He yeah. is off his rocker nuts. And Durant maybe finally realized it when the when he had nowhere to go because nobody wants him. Uh, and the player option, he picked that up. Durant's like, I can't do another year with Kyrie. That was my initial reaction. Yeah. Am I right or wrong? Well, I'm about right. That's my reaction, too. I mean, I, at some point, I guess we'll hear, you know, directly from Kevin Durant. It may not be until the season starts, maybe before that. But I don't know if it's right or not, but that's my reaction as well. It, at some Look, LeBron James threw out Kyrie, threw him out after winning a championship with him, Kevin. So this is not the, so now it's LeBron and KD who have said, I just, I can't deal with this guy. No. Yeah, I, he's not the only one, but he's he's. You're right. He's the he's the guy of the moment with that distinction. But, Kevin Durant and LeBron James said no, can't 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 do this. Don't want to do this. To your point, though, your original thought, and I hear you know in your answer and in your tone this level of sort of resignation slash disappointment with Durant's sensitivity with his you know, borderline unprofessionalism. I mean, this is a guy that they gave everything to. Every single thing he asked for, they gave it to him, and now he's bailing. So what does this do to him? How do, what will people think of him? You know, how does this impact, you know, the way we think of Kevin Durant? Because, Michael, I felt conflicted a little bit because I always felt him to be way too hypersensitive, the burner accounts, the yeah. whole thing, you know, yeah. the, the joining Golden State after blowing the 3-1 lead and him going 10 for 31, yeah. by the way, in the game in OKC in game six when they could have put him away and gotten back to the finals for a second time. All of that except the way he has played. And in the way he has shown up for that team last year in that Milwaukee series, he had two of the historic performances ever in games five and game seven against the Bucs. And if not for a toe on the line, maybe they go to the finals last year, um, in, you know, a year ago, basically. And the wear and tear this year, he looked worn out in the Boston series, playing 46, 47 minutes a night. So I felt like, you know, in some ways conflicted because I'm like, He's 34. He knows. He realizes with Kyrie, it's not going to happen here. But what do you think people are going to think of Durant now that he's bailing again? Well, it depends. I mean, it depends on point of view. There are people who will make excuses for Kyrie Irving. One of them lives in my house. <laughs> I mean, you know, I found out about this um, because we didn't have a sh- we, we did not have part of the interruption yesterday. Right. I found out about this whole thing. When my son texts me and just says, you know, Dad, this wasn't Kyrie's fault. This is KD's fault. I'm like, what is he talking about? But it, 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 it depends entirely, Kevin, on point of view. A lot of people will see no harm in what Kevin Durant is doing at all and won't attach what he's done to sort of his profile, his behavior, his resume. And it's just what the NBA does. James Harden has done this three times. Right. You just talk, you just say, I'm done. I'm done here. I want to go somewhere else. And do it. And the culture of that sport allows it. And so, I mean, how much of this is going to attach itself permanently to Kevin Durant? 
depends on who you are. It depends on how you see the world, how you judge him, how you judge behavior. And, you know, I don't, I don't know that I will, yeah, I'm, I'm going to see Durant differently. I guess I am. I guess I already do. Would I want my team to get him? Yeah. Yeah. I would. Right? Yes. I mean, so ultimately, you still are going to say, this guy's so great, we're going to forgive him most things. Maybe not everything, but we're going to take, we're, we're, we're going to say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take him. Well, he shows, he shows up on game day. I mean, there's no problem with that. He does. You know, but, but, The whole it really is. This, can't. I, I, it, you know, it's been close to 24 hours now, and I still can't wrap my head around it. It's funny because I'm, I'm listening to you, and you, and you love the NBA, and you know that I've loved it for a long period of time. And we have a mutual friend um, with he works with you every day, who doesn't like it nearly as much, and he makes fun of the fact that you love it so much and that I love it so much. And I'm hearing in your voice kind of the way I, I felt this week. And it, it wasn't just yesterday. It was John Wall, which, by the way, I'm excited that he's going to the Clippers. But the fact that he got paid $47 million this year not to play, that Russell yeah. Westbrook picks up you know $47 million in a player option. These numbers are outrageous. The Bradley Beal number's outrageous. And I think – I and then Durant yesterday, it's like – what is this doing to the NBA? And it's point I mean, of view. It makes it bigger. It makes it bigger. These guys are the biggest celebrities in sport. I mean, nobody in the NFL other than Tom Brady has this kind of cachet. Other people you just mentioned. No, I, I, n- nobody, Kevin. I mean, in, 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 so during the finals, I was talking to a couple of people. I ran into a couple of people who live in the United States, live and work in the U.S., but their parents live and work in Asia and are Asian. And the parents follow all this stuff. They follow every move, every word of it. And the only people who are bigger global celebrities, not bigger, as big, are soccer players. Right. Yes, true. So it, 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 not only does it not hurt, it helps. It makes them bigger. They're larger than life. It does not hurt the league. But you, but you don't like it. I, I don't really care. I mean, I find it sort of comic, but uh, but I don't. It doesn't turn me off from it. I look at it and laugh like you do, and say, "Are you kidding me? This guy has won like one playoff series in his life, and he's making forty-seven million dollars. How many playoff series has Bradley Beal won?" Is it uh, one or two? Uh, they've won. They won three series. They beat. It's three. Yeah, they beat Chicago. They beat Toronto, and then they beat Atlanta before they lost to Boston. I think it's three. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I, you know, I like Bradley Beal a lot. I mean, is he the? He's not. He's, he can't be the best player on a oh, no, championship no, contender. No, 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 he can't. Of course not. I'm not even sure he's at number two. Uh, I've said that before too. I, I, I and so so, do, but does it mean that I look at the league and say the league is flawed? 
I mean, maybe on some deeper examination, but, you know, I, I still make that judgment um, and still understand that what drives it. Tony said to me the other day, speaking to Tony Kornheiser, Tony's like, where does this money come from? It was just like, you know, he, he just, it boggles his mind. I'm like, your boss is in mind. It comes from television networks, mostly. It doesn't come from box office. It comes from TV. Where, why, how can UCLA and USC leave a league where they live to join something that seems preposterous? That's even crazier than the Kevin Durant, Kyrie thing. I, it was stunning yesterday. The SC and UCLA are now in the Big Ten, Kevin. I know. Well, I want to get right. to that with you because I know that you. I knew you'd be have a big reaction to it. But yes, I mean the money comes from the the nine billion dollars with far fewer players. Even though the NFL has more money in in television revenue, they have many more players to spread it yeah. around. Um, yeah. And uh, so it's in. To your point, though, like obviously, I think everybody understands the global superstars that NBA players are. And for those of you who don't understand that, soccer is the most popular sport in the world. The NBA's you could argue is number two. I think some in some parts of the world, cricket might be number two. But NBA stars are global stars. But that doesn't mean that it, for people like you and me who love the game and from, are from here and watch it all the time, that a move like this with Durant and, and the money won't make us think differently about them and their legacies. And not that they care or they should care, um, but, you well, know. Might, it might make us think that way, even in terms of just strictly basketball. It might. I mean, I, you know, does this, will this dent, will this stick to Kevin Durant if he now just sort of fades away in terms of what happens in May and June and he's not part of the big action? It might. Depends on where he winds up. If we don't see him, if he, you know, and that's kind of unthinkable because he can still impact the game that way. And you would think he wouldn't go somewhere that he can't be Kevin Durant. Y'all know who I am. But it, it may. It may, Kevin. we we got to see where he winds up. Well, that's the next question. Yeah. I mean, what? I have no idea. No idea. None. I mean, I was listening to Bobby Marks of our network explain why he really cannot wind up in Miami or Phoenix. Right. I was, I was listening to that last night. And, the, like, new, wow. and the New Orleans possibility that he brought up. Oh, I missed that. I didn't hear the New Orleans possibility. He he thinks that the sleeper would be a team like New Orleans because they actually have something that Brooklyn might want want back. I mean, let's let's get to this and let, let's let's. I want to hear what you think about what's next because if I am the Nets, there is no way in hell that I am just trading Kevin Durant for a bag of donuts. Like, this is an opportunity Agreed. that rarely comes around. You've got a superstar player. Forget how old he is. You can win a title if you if if you get him in the next or contend for the next two years. Which, if you if you aren't doing that now, you'll you'll want to do it. But I'm not trading him unless I get Devin Booker back from Phoenix. I'm not. Oh, tra- I'm not. I'm not trading Devin Booker. Well, then I wouldn't. Him. I wouldn't trade him to Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. You can't because Kevin Booker. I mean, Devin Booker cannot be on the same team as as Ben Simmons. Because of you know rookie contract extensions, um, and I think the same thing is the case with who's on who's on my oh with Bam Adebayo. Yes, yeah, exactly. 
and I didn't, Kevin, as much as I followed this, I, I, don't, I wasn't instantly aware of that. Um, right, me neither. But New Orleans, who am I taking back? Is it, uh, you're not going to trade Zion. Well, why so the not? The question is, you're going to... Why not? Because I'm not sure that Kevin Durant at 34 years old, as opposed to Zion at 22, you're trading up 12 years. Well, from Brooklyn's standpoint, I am only I'm only dealing him if I get back a potential next great young player that is going to wow, uh, and that's and that's Zion Williamson or Devin Booker in in in, uh, in in Phoenix. But Brandon Ingram was the other possibility that yeah. Bobby Marks. I mean, threw I out. might do it with I might do it as Ing- if I'm Ing- if I'm with if I can get Brandon Ingram back. But what if he doesn't want to play in New Orleans? I mean, he, he probably he may not. But, I mean, as we start to speculate on on where Kevin Durant's going to wind up or want to be with fit or where he could win, we I don't know if he has I don't know his contract dance you have to do if you're Brooklyn. You're right. You 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 have given up. You've waved goodbye to three first ballot Hall of Famers. Within like five months, Harden, Durant, and Kyrie's got to go. You can't have Kyrie by himself. He'll be twenty and sixty-two. Kyrie couldn't lead a, a, a group of Boy Scouts. He's terrible. Well, he won't be twenty. He, he won't be he twenty and sixty-two. He'll be like he, the games he plays in. They'll be like no, ten and twenty-eight. Right. Be, right. That's right. Because he's only going right. to play he's half the playing. games. <laughs> yeah. He's not, he, he's not even dedicated enough to his craft or anyone else. To give himself to a team, he is toxic. What the Durant thing again? I'm looking for Anthony Davis kind of compensation back, or you know what? Sorry, Kevin, you're playing here. Yeah, but I don't think they feel that way. I think they're looking at this from what we've heard. Why would the owner? Why would Joe? Why would he agree to this without first feeling he could get that? And how many teams can give him that? How many? Four? I mean, I'll tell you a place that could give him all that. And I'll tell you a place that I would think he might go. Oklahoma City. Oh, can you imagine? You put him out there right now with Josh Giddy. Yeah, they have those picks, too. They got all those picks and... and um, no, with, uh, they just, Jay Gilgis Alexander. Yeah. Just the three of them. And they drafted Holmgren. Those three they drafted guys. Chet Holmgren. And they drafted Holmgren. And they, didn't they just sign Dort yesterday? They did. To a and they just keep a him? Big money deal. That, that seemed okay, crazy. Okay, that's a fivesome right there, Kevin. But is he going to say now that he can't go back to Oklahoma City? Are they going to see him as flawed in some way? You know the community would die to have him back. Um, and you get the picks. You, I mean, you could just. I mean, picks alone might interest Brooklyn. Why do you think he has never wanted to come home? Um, there are a lot of players who don't want to go home. I remember saying to Grant Hill when he was a free agent back in like I don't know two thousand one or something like that. Before he went, when he left Detroit and went to Orlando, and I said to Grant. What about coming home? He said, I'm never coming home. And he loves, Grant loves D.C. And he, he 
I'm never coming home. And the complications, Kevin, are just there. You know, you, there's so much that's going to be asked of you. Yeah. And it depends on your relationship with your family. And Grant has a wonderful relationship with his parents. I don't have to speculate on this. I know. I know that family. And have. my Most of my adult life. I covered the end of Calvin Hill's career. Yeah. So, at all of Grant's. And Grant just said, oh, no, 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 no. And I think there's some, there, there was some attraction there. Grant talks with loving pride about Reston, Virginia, Northern Virginia, the DMV, following Georgetown basketball growing up. All of it. And yet, again, the answer was, oh, no, 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 I'm not doing that. And I get that. And Grant's not the only one. Grant comes to mind and in the context of you and me and our discussions and where we live and where we work and have, and in your case, where you're from, um, this is, he's not the only one, but Grant, of course, right. can articulate his position better than just about anybody. Um, but never, he was one of them. And Kevin, Kevin, he didn't say it that definitively, but it was kind of, you know, back, I was at Kevin Durant's house. We were sitting around talking about home. And I had hosted Kevin's enormous charity fundraiser um, at his home. And and the money that he raised, uh, Kevin Durant raised a lot of money for unbelievable purposes that relate to education and opportunity for children in Prince George's County. Boys and girls. Trust me. And Kevin said to me, hey, can you host this? And I'm like, yes, period. And we talked about home. He loves his home. But he also knows there's a, there's a set of demands that are enormous that a lot of guys don't want to do. Uh, I, I understand. Look, some people do it, and they regret it. Yeah, right. And Kevin, so to me, I, mean, I brought up Grant Hill because Kevin seemed like he was on that path. Um, by the way, Oklahoma City has just an unbelievable number of picks over the next five yeah. years. They have like 19 first-round yeah. picks over the next five or six okay, uh, so seasons. So why wouldn't you try to get four of those yeah. and, uh, and one of those young players and then right. go to town? Um, real quickly before the USC-UCLA, and then we'll wrap it up, uh, what do you make you, – you spoke to it briefly, but – you know, th- this was the plan all along. They sh- if, they, if it wasn't the plan, then they should have traded him a year ago, uh, talking about Bradley Beal. Five yeah. years, $250 million. Um, you know, they've, they've added a couple of pieces. They added Monte Morris. They added Will Barton. They added DeLon Wright last night. Um, you know, they uh, – it, it, I mean, what's their upside here with this situation? You, 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 yeah, you said what I said and have been saying. Bradley Beal, I don't think – I think there are 15 players I can count right, right, right now that I would take in front of him. He's a really good player. He's an elite yeah. scorer, but he's not a number one on a championship contending no, team. No, no, he's not. Yeah. I mean, look, I vote for the all-league honors, and I've voted Bradley Beal 13 maybe twice. So, no, he's not. He's a wonderful player. He's a wonderful guy to have on your team. A franchise wants to attach itself to to, to somebody like Bradley. There's no question. I love him. But are they going to – does any of this move them into the neighborhood of Philly, 
Boston, Milwaukee, Miami? No, 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 and no. Yeah. Are they? Do they pull even with the team I thought they should have been at least even with last year the Bulls? Not, no, not really. They're they're even. You know, I mean, they're how high can they be right now with that roster? A six seed, the highest they can be, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if Porzingis, which is the big if, if he can play, you know, the majority of the games and Beal can play the majority of the games and, you know, it's like a five or a six seed, you know, maybe 46 wins, 47 wins. As high as they can go. Yeah. And if anything goes wrong, they can't get there. No. Or if other teams emerge. And so, you know, you've got it. The one thing you can do now, Kevin, is you can have a first round draft pick. Who exceeds of course. everything? That's that's because the, you could because you could have Joker who was a second round pick. Right. You could have Giannis, who was what fifteen? Was it Giannis fifteen or thirteen? Gian- thirteen or 15? Giannis, Kawhi, Butler, Kawhi. Uh, you know, yeah. Yes, you can do that because guys stay only one year, and so people miss on these draft picks, or people emerge, people are late bloomers. So you can go into the draft now. You don't need the one, two, or three to draft a franchise star. You got to get a little lucky, but you can do that. Even at six, seven, yes, you can do that. Devin Booker. So, but the Wizards haven't had that stroke of luck slash genius just yet. And Bradley Beal's a really nice piece, and he can be a nice piece of an ensemble. But you know, the best player on a team that's seriously going to contend, and you know that going into the season. No. Mm -mm. You nailed it. Like, if you are the Wizards or any of these teams that haven't contended in in a long, long time, some of it's been bad luck, some of it's been bad decision-making, but if if Rui Hachimura, who has some talent, if all of a sudden he were to explode into a Kawhi, you know, people have compared his sort of physical stature and the way he plays to Kawhi Leonard. He's no Kawhi Leonard to me, but if, if he blew up overnight into a monster number one elite superstar, well then you've, you've hit, you hit on it. You know, I don't think that's Johnny Davis from, from Wisconsin who they drafted. It's not, it's certainly not Corey Kispert from last year or Denny Avdia, but you know, that's what you have to do. I mean, like I, I, we've we've talked about this before, but Oklahoma City that when they went, you know, Durant and Harden and Westbrook and you know, and and the Warriors had yeah. Curry and and Thompson and Draymond there, uh, and there is a, a a certain amount of good fortune in that, and they've never had the good luck. You know, they've never picked the no. guy that no one no. else kind of wanted, and all of a sudden he blew up into a superstar. Well, they did it once. Well, no, they traded they traded for him. They made some good trades. Yeah, I mean, trading for Gilbert Arenas, right? As crazy as that ended, it looked like for a while he was going to be that guy who was a second-round pick, and they got him uh, shrewdly. Um, but no, they don't have – Johnny Davis, could he be? I guess. I mean, John Wall was overall number one, but he, but he, he, he wasn't – he's not a player with that kind of impact. How about John? I'm kind of excited for him. I know that he, I mean, getting paid $47 million not to play, getting paid more than almost any other athlete in any other sport not to play is an all-timer. But, you know, for him, if he's healthy, that team, 
they can win it all next year. And I'm not saying because they because they added John. It's obviously because you get Kawhi back, you know, healthy. Right, and Paul George. I, Kevin, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. And I, and part of it is one of the things is people don't. You realize this, but people following the sport in general, or even very very closely, they don't realize what kind of how great an organization Toronto was. Is is Toronto is every day with a great head coach too. With a great, a great head coach, a great team president, money. It's a national franchise. The Toronto Raptors. Look, look at what, look at what Nick Nurse has been able to do subsequently. One, he's a great coach. But look, they they were a threat, man. They listen. They were one quarter away from beating Philadelphia in that in that series. Right. You, and so, but Ty Lue's a great coach. Ty Lue's a great coach. Yeah. But I don't. I don't know that – I don't know. As great as Kawhi is, I got to see his personality <laughs> lead them. In different I mean, Kyle Lowry was a much greater part of Toronto's championship victory than people understand. And they already had him, and yes, they let DeMar DeRozan go, but they kept the more important of the two players with Kyle Lowry and the other guys they had on that team. And so Kawhi didn't have to lead. He had to play. Yeah, but he did. With the Clippers, he and Paul George, who's the great leader there? John Wall? I love John. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not who's saying. The, who's the leader? But see, that's, to me, it's not about playing. Who's the leader? So you got, you got people in the Western Conference who can lead. And we don't even know yet, like, where's Durant going to wind up? Well, I know. Durant somehow wound up on the Suns. Okay, people think they were good last year. If he's playing with Devin Booker and Chris Paul, guess what? For one year, you're looking at a team that could win 68 games. So we don't know where it's going to wind up. But I, I don't see it with the Clippers. I know, and people do, and I know Vegas is going to proclaim them very shortly as like you know, the second or third, if not the favorite. But you know, you know, I never thought Brooklyn was the favorite. I never thought that. I just think it's too hard. People just want to put together these super teams and think they can win. It's too hard. Yeah. There's so many things that have to happen and be in place. I mean, first of all, let's just assume that Durant doesn't end up out west because obviously that would change this conversation. I mean, already, like, you know, Denver, you know, gets Murray Denver, and, and, and Porter wow. Jr. back. And, you know, you, you get uh, Memphis on the rise with John ja Morant. Golden State's coming back. They just won a title. Minnesota's young and good. You know, New Orleans hasn't had all their players New on the floor. There's, wow. there's a lot of good teams. And Phoenix, by yeah. the way, I know that you follow them very closely. I have actually think if they don't get Durant, let's just assume that they don't, that the window might be shutting on them. I agree. Uh, you know what? It depends on what they get for Aiden. Let's just say, by the way, they get uh, the, with the trade out there that looks, I look at, and I think, wow, they could be better, is if they get, um, oh my goodness, the kid from uh, the, the center, 6'10", from Atlanta. Yeah, Collins. And and no, 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 red velvet and oh, um, but but the, the the only reason I brought up Collins is there's like a rumor flo- floating around right now um, that the Wizards somehow are trying to pull off a deal for for John Collins. Who, by the way, I can see John Collins being dealt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're. you're I can see him being dealt. Right. Um, no, you're. But, but you're talking about Capella. I'm talking about Capella. Yeah. If you if 
Chris Paul and Devin Booker are playing with Capella, who doesn't need the ball to be effective mm-hmm. and is a better defender than Aiton. And they get red velvet to shoot it. Seriously, how do you guard that? How do you guard, how do you guard that? And if you, if you trade Aiton for that, and you still have front-line players, goodness. I mean, that's, a, that's a lot. I mean, Phoenix becomes a different team then. They become probably even more potent offensively. Not, but there's yeah. so many teams that Clippers, I don't make Kevin, look, we may talk about this in January, and I'll be dead wrong. Because Kawhi Leonard has been that great in his career. Oh, my God. Uh, and, but and, I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical. I, I, you know, you talked about the, the leadership. Um, I mean, Kawhi obviously is not a, an extroverted leader, clearly, but right. his game leads. And I think, and I think, you know, even in the years, you know, in the bubble and then last summer before he got hurt, I mean, he had some epic games with, you know, the, in the Dallas, in the two Dallas series with those series on the line. I mean, the game he had in game six against Dallas last summer where he went for 45 and was just brilliant over the last quarter and a half when Paul George could not get it done. I mean, Paul George was the problem the last couple of yeah. years for them. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I give George some credit this year. Look, if he didn't get COVID, I think they would have been in the postseason in the play in. And I think Kawhi would have been back. But anyway. But, nah, Kawhi wouldn't be back. We've, we've seen enough of him now to know <laughs> he's going to be uber cautious. He just did it. I'm not, I'm not I, I, knocking him uh, for it. Right. Okay. No, I, but I know he is clearly a different cat. Um, yeah. Yes, enough about them because the, everybody listening is probably like, all right, just the, the clip. We're not going to do Clippers talk or Western Conference <laughs> predictions talk for, for much longer, but it is a loaded West next year. Loaded. It is. There's so many teams. Yeah. There's so many in the East. Yeah. That, you know, just having one player or re signing your guy doesn't change who you are and your fortunes. It is, which is crazy for this week, these next few days coming up as we listen to all this crazy news. It is amazing, though, just one last point on the Wizards. Do you know that they have not been beyond the Eastern Conference semifinals since 1979? Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, I was yeah. watching I was watching your network and I was watching Legler and Jefferson and Kendrick Perkins and Zach Lowe, you know, during all the stuff yesterday as it was going on. And Richard Jefferson was talking about Bradley Beal and he said, you know, it's a lot of money and I would never knock a guy for taking the money. But, you know, it is weird in this day and age that a guy that, you know, has been sought after by other superstars hasn't gone for the ring somewhere. And it is strange. And Jefferson yeah. said, think about the Wizards. Like, they may, they may be – he didn't say this, I'm paraphrasing, but I know what he was trying to get at. They've been maybe the most irrelevant team in the NBA for – Ever. He's like, when's the last time they can, when's the last thing he goes, he said, they've never been a contender. They they have not been a contender since 1979. I mean, they really weren't a contender with, you know, Gil and Antoine, et cetera. That, that, you know, they they were never good enough defensively. They thought they into that territory, but they didn't. Right. So they lost one game in Cleveland that prevented that from even, from being a contender, not a champion. Everybody else. I agree with that. Everybody else in the East, yeah, has, has yeah. contended or gotten to a finals. Right. That's right. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. 
But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, more with Mike Wilbon uh, joining us on the show. Uh, this segment of the show brought to you by MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag, MyBookie.com. Use my promo code, KevinDC, and they'll match your first deposit dollar for dollar all the way up to $1,000. Uh, MyBookie's got all of the NFL prop bets before the season starts uh, that you would want. MyBookie.com, MyBookie.ag. Again, my promo code, KevinDC. If there's something already written in the promo code area, erase it, write KevinDC, and they'll double your first deposit all the way up to $1,000. All right, uh, USC, UCLA to the Big Ten, your reaction. It's just about TV money. But you know what? It is It is a shocker. But ultimately, we shouldn't be surprised at anything that happens now in college sports. It's college sports is going to become irrelevant. Because in, in, in basketball, you're going to have more and more people going to the G League. They stay one year. You don't know how good they are. By the way, there are more and more international players. So a Joker, Joker, Joker comes, and you don't even know who he is. You know, Dalkic comes, you don't know who he is. So Giannis comes. You don't know who he is. So the last three MVPs, you don't, you don't even know who they are until they're, they, they're in your league for like year four. Um, and college sports, college, and college football, it's just going to be two leagues, the SEC and the Big Ten. So what does it matter? Like, what does it matter whose conference they're in? Right? I'm a Big Ten guy, born and raised. I sit here now in Chicago, the seat of the Big Ten. Uh, neighbor of the commissioner. And I'm sitting here going, ah, I don't care about that. I, I don't, I don't, UCLA and USC don't resonate with me. It's sort of a ha to the SEC. And the SEC, as great as it is, and it's the best football conference, it doesn't know how to make money like the Big Ten. They're not as smart as the Big Ten. The Big Ten television network is the entirety oh. It was of that attraction. Yeah, it was the entirety of the attraction for Rutgers in Maryland, 
And so last night, the number, Kevin, I heard, I don't know what's being reported this morning, I haven't seen, I haven't studied this story yet, the way I will later in the day, but I, I'm told the number's $100 million per team, per year. So that's why you take it. And the Pac-12 have become irrelevant. Irrelevant. The ACC in football. Yeah, the, I mean, the ACC might become relevant. I mean, they, 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 I had John Orand, I think you know John from Sports Business Journal on yes. this morning, mm-hmm. and, and he sees, you know, an SEC and Big Ten with 20, around 20 teams and a breakaway from the NCAA. And, you know, we started talking about the teams that will be added to the Big Ten after SC and UCLA, which will make – you know, uh, 16 teams, and 16. then then you'll get, you know, another Pac-12 or two, and then it's Notre Dame and maybe like a North Carolina and or a UVA um, from the ACC that, that, would, that would jump. You know, you said something that is pretty, you know, out there. College sports is going to become irrelevant. I mean, yeah. given the amount of money that these networks are paying for the college football packages, they better hope it doesn't become irrelevant. Well, okay, let me rephrase a little bit. Okay. The, the conference, the conferences are going to become irrelevant. I'm not sure they're relevant now. Yeah, that, that... I mean, you know, because they're not what we grew up with. They're not what we got used to. They're not what people became attracted to. And so people Matthew's age, well, my son's age 14, they, will, they, they become attracted for an entirely different set of reasons. And I, don't, I wonder how long it's sustainable. I mean, we're the only people, we're the only place on earth that cares about oh, the only place college on earth. sports. People in Europe, and it's really people only in Europe get a, get an absolute laugh out of how we treat college sports. But so what? Yeah. I mean, I was, I, I'm I not was a, sitting with a guy on a flight. Yeah. I was in Las Vegas doing something this week, and I'm flying back to to, to Chicago, and I was sitting with a guy who is a, a, a very appreciative, sophisticated know-it-all. I'm using know-it-all complimentary here. And he just said, I, I, explain to me, you know, a Brit, explain to me the college situation and what is going on. And this is the day before the news about USC and UCLA. And this guy, he knows, he knows it all, and he's trying to figure out why we, why we are the way we are. Because Europe, obviously, is not that way. Europe and Asia are not that way. And I just wonder, like, how long is this sustainable? That people are going to have the same interests in two conferences, maybe, maybe they will. Maybe they'll. Maybe they'll just do it indefinitely. I, think, I just, I, I have my doubts. I, I think you're right about the conference thing. College sports are uniquely American, and I, and I think that there's just way too much tradition in history in some of these football and even basketball schools for it to ever die, even if the conference shapes look much different. You know, Penn State's not all of a sudden because they're in a Big Ten with USC, UCLA, North Carolina, Virginia, Maryland, and Rutgers. They're not going to all of a sudden stop selling 110,000 seats to their games on Saturday. I mean, it's, it's, it's cultish up there as it is in the SEC and so many of these different places. So I don't know. I mean, the thing that always bothers me is I don't know if it was all necessary. 
I, I've always felt this. I don't know if I, I, we've ever talked about this. I always felt like if you go back 20 years and you, you get out of this, you know, bowl, uh, you know, obsession and you say right then and there in 2002, 2003, we are going to create a college football playoff with eight teams and maybe it's grown to 12 or 16. The money would have been so massive that it may have prevented all of this. It could have. Um, but then, I don't know, but greed knows no boundaries. And so, and the, the irony is this, you know, Boston College is patient zero. And the ACC is where this really took flight. And so now, yes, the Big Ten is out there um, because of the competition with the SEC. But the ACC is where this took flight. Syracuse, Boston College. Miami, Virginia Tech. Miami, they're the, they're the, they're the primary offenders, if you view it the way I do, that they've sort of... That, that was the beginning of this. Of the, you're right. I, I went through this on the radio show this morning. In 2004, Miami, Virginia Tech, and then BC in 2005. And that was really the start of this incredible wave of conference reshuffling that, you know, obviously yeah. Oklahoma and Texas last yeah. year, and now USC, UCLA to, yesterday, and who knows what's coming next. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just unthinkable. And when I, when I first heard this yesterday... And somebody said, this is impossible. I'm like, no, it's not impossible. It's about television money. And when you talk about any kind of money, but particularly television, I live. No, it's not impossible. And if people think that the the live discussion is going to go away or it's going to quiet down, they're insane. There There are professional golfers out there who make a couple of million dollars a year who have on their plates in front of them the possibility of making... 25 or 30 or 50 or 75 guaranteed million dollars. It's nuts. Why is this going to stop? It's nuts. It isn't. Are you playing any and golf? So that's where we are with college, college sports in a different way, different way. Not quite that bottomless pit. But if you're, if you're sitting there looking at Big Ten money and what it does for your campus and your institution, UCLA and USC are rich schools well, by yeah. any definition. And they were swayed by this. Well, I, I, I talked a lot about this earlier, but uh, you know, I I did I hated when Maryland left the ACC. Hated. I understand. I, I, st- I still yeah. I still don't like it. I miss what it used to be. Duke, Carolina, Virginia, NC State basketball. Obviously, for for Maryland alums, I mean, we're a basketball first school. But in hindsight, whether the chancellor at the time, Wallace Lowe, envisioned this or not, I don't think he did. I think they just were in a big money crunch, and they took the money from the Big Ten. Um, but in hindsight, it, they, looked like, they looked like visionaries jumping to the Big Ten when they jumped to, to the Big Ten because they're sitting back watching yeah. the musical chairs without a worry in the world. Now, I think a school like Maryland in the market that it's in would have been a desirable target for the Big Ten or the SEC, even though the football's not great. Although although Loxley's got – I mean, you're probably not following it. They could be really good offensively this year. I mean, one of the better offensive teams in the Big Ten. Um, anyway, uh, that uh, that is an aside. But the, Maryland is sitting back watching this, and there are going to be some schools that are left on the outside looking in at this SEC and Big that's Ten what I mean. There are going to be so many places where they're irrelevant because they're now part of this perceived – the cool crowd. Right. I don't. I don't know what. I, you know, maybe I'm misreading it. You know, the forecast. Maybe I am. Well, um, I, I. Wow. I just don't know what it's going to look like and seem like. And 
how many how many places are going to be irrelevant? How many bowl games can you have that make alums, people like me, feel good enough about their institution to continue to just give money, 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 money? Well, the sing- the single biggest event in college sports, the biggest product, the biggest revenue generator is the NCAA tournament. And John Oran said this morning, and it, I didn't even think of this yesterday, he said, if we are headed towards an SEC and Big Ten with 20 to 24 teams each breaking apart from the NCAA, what will that mean to this coveted thing it. called March Madness? It'll kill the Golden Goose. It'll kill it. Now... Something else could spring up in its place. Could I'm not convinced of that. You 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 had a you had a couple of big parties in in the end. Of, so between the 20th of December and New Year's Day, you had one long huge party in which a lot of people made a lot of money. Now they're making more money, which is why they go into this new format. But you had the big party that is March. And I'm going to tell you, Kevin, I don't believe that March Madness has been nearly as good the last few years as it used to be. But it yields more money. So how long does that go? How long is that sustainable? Maybe. Maybe it's just like professional sports salaries. Maybe it's like the NBA where you can pay, you know, a guy who should be your second best player $51 million a year. Yeah. Uh, Maybe. Maybe it's... Maybe it's so sustainable just because of the television dollars. Maybe that's the answer to my question, and nothing is going to suffer. Maybe. You know, the irony of all of it is that we are entering an era with NIL where more likely than not, players will stay longer in college and play um, than they have uh, because of the money available to them uh, to stay. Well, there will certainly be players who can stay who are not good enough to be great pros. And that could change the landscape. That could make it make certain teams and certain programs more relevant. But I'm just looking at well, what we saw yesterday. How much room is there to celebrate and indulge anything beyond college football and college basketball? How much room is there? Yeah. I, I, it's... I don't, I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm wondering. I'm, waiting, I'm sitting here waiting to see how this starts to play out. Um, with UCLA and USC, unbelievable! Crazy. How do you? What, what does the schedule look like? What uh, is, I, I don't know. Like I'm sitting I, here wondering. You know, what am I gonna? As a season ticket holder, I'm a season ticket holder to three sports at Northwestern. Like, what am I gonna attend? What's the third? Uh, women's basketball. Okay, football, men's basketball, women's basketball. Okay. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't know where it's all heading. I just yesterday, out of all of the moves, USC and UCLA moving into the Big Ten is the most jarring. First of all, it was stunning it news to even. It is. Yeah, it, it, is. it just doesn't seem like there are others that haven't seemed right. I mean, West Virginia in the Big Twelve, Maryland in the Big Ten doesn't seem right. right. But yeah. USC and UCLA and the games in November when it's dark and it's cold here and you get to turn on the TV and see the beautiful green grass and yeah. just the beauty everywhere associated with those two programs playing Pac-12 games that, I don't know, it's it, all of a sudden you're going to get, well, we get USC in Minnesota in the Twin Cities for a big yeah. one. Imagine yeah. what they feel like when yeah. they get off the plane in the Twin Cities on gonna, November 10th. I don't know. As a Big Ten guy, <laughs> I don't know. 
Um, weird. All right. It's gonna take. It's gonna take some getting used to. Uh, thanks for doing this. Hope you're well. Kevin, happy to as always, man. I, I, my pleasure. I, you know, I, I hope for people uh, like us who, you know, love sport in general that these enormous landscape changing developments like you know the NBA and free agency, and I, I just I hope that we can see relevant events locally where we live yeah because there aren't any promising um big time events on the horizon no although they, uh, have, to, they have to develop yeah i mean they have to become that way because a team is better because you hachimura because hachimura and somebody else emerge and become you know maybe this kid johnny davis i mean and they become a big deal. I mean, Bradley Beal emerged. We didn't know he was going to be this player. Right. Nobody had Bradley Beal being this when he was in his, even his second year in, with the Wizards. But he's made himself, he himself has maxed out. Kudos, huge standing ovation to Bradley Beal for making himself this kind of professional basketball player. And you hope there's somebody else to go with him so that they're, they're, the, the kinds of big events that you have in San Francisco – um, and Milwaukee and Boston, that we can have those in Washington again. Because right now, I mean, we had some with the Capitals and the and the and the, and the Nationals, but it's been a couple. And we're yeah, I, I we're, mean, we're, we're moving a, we're moving far afield from that right now. It doesn't feel great. No, nobody's close. Um, but you know, the one sport, and you love it. Um, and I like the playoffs. The one sport that is totally random in its results year to year, and you always have a chance, is hockey. You know, so if if you yeah. get if you get into the postseason, you can always figure out a way to make a big run. Um, but the NBA is the longest shot. Like that, you if you don't have it a top is. five player, forget about winning a championship. Yeah, but at least getting one seems more possible than just winning the lottery or finishing one, two, three. And so you hope that the team where you live, so you can get to see it, be part of that excitement, that it happens, you know, while you're there and while you can enjoy it. So I don't know where this leaves the Wizards. I really don't. But um, they they kept their star and they go on from there. It leaves Maryland with home games in football against Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, USC, and UCLA. Maybe one year that that should they and then should, that, that would be. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what that means. It just seems like an exhibition schedule. But that would be <laughs> for them fun. I'm sure if you're part of the College Park crowd, you're part of whatever Maryland Nation is, and how that extends now, how that's re-identified and rebranded. Well, um, it, what does that mean? Well, the the only I mean as I love Mike Loxley and I'm rooting for Mike Loxley and I would love Maryland football to be really good but for me basketball being nationally relevant being a legitimate Final Four contender again soon yeah. is the number one priority for 95 percent of Maryland sports fans basketball wow. will always wow. be number one yeah always I guess it will be. Um, I guess it will be, and this this may reposition that, I mean, even position even higher. Well, they're playing UCLA this year anyway. Uh, Kevin Willard scheduled uh, home and home with UCLA. They play UCLA in College Park in December. Wow. So, wow. Um, all right, go. Right, uh, thanks for doing this. You, you're always very generous with your time. I'll Kevin, talk to you appreciate soon. it much, man. Love the love the conversation. Much appreciated. 
Mike Wilbon, everybody. Uh, so much news yesterday, NBA-related. So much to talk about, and it's always good to catch up with him on all of these things. I uh, want to let everybody know that Window Nation right now has a new deal. You can save $200 off any style new window from Window Nation, plus pay nothing until 2024. You'll lower your energy bills and raise the value of your home with new energy-efficient windows from Window Nation for one of their best deals of the year. Call them at 866 Nation or go to windownation.com. Save $200 off any style window from Window Nation with every two you buy, plus no payments and no interest until 2024. 866 Nation, windownation.com. Mention my name. You'll get a free estimate. All right, that's it for the day. Enjoy the holiday weekend. Uh, I'll be back on Tuesday with Tommy, unless there's some big story uh, between now and then.